0: Hi everyone. This is Dawn Mitchell and welcome to Dawn of Sports. This week, Jim Suhan and I have an amazing guest, Andrea Yock. You've heard of her. I know this for sure. We have a litany of a list on her resume, but I call her marketing guru and she is the founder, one of the founders of Minnesota Aurora. If you have not heard of them, I'm sure you have. If not, you might want to buy a ticket. And if you're not in Minnesota, fly out and see them. It's amazing the groundswell of what women are doing here in the state. We're also going to talk Kirk Cousins, his injury, the trade, the new quarterback and more.
1: So we've had great guests already. On Dawn's show, today we're going to have a guest spend the entire show with us because she's a friend of ours and she knows everything about everything and she might as well chime in and tell us we're wrong whenever we're wrong. Andrea Yak is our guest for this show. She's going to join in as we talk about the Minnesota sports world and then we'll talk to her specifically about Minnesota Aurora and women's sports later in the show. Uh, Dawn, you've been friends with Andrea for a long time. Uh, and we were just talking about it. The Kirk Cousins news. I've been doing this a long time. I have a certain amount of scar tissue built up. I have a certain amount of distance, I, emotional distance I place between myself and my subjects. I'm not a fan. I'm not going to go break down when the team loses a game. And yet, when I walked into that locker room on Sunday afternoon and saw all these 300 pound grown men crying and nobody was and they had just won a game dominating a game in Green Bay, which doesn't happen that often. They had won their third straight game. They're back in the playoff race. And it really felt like a funeral. And I felt sad. I usually don't have that reaction to the sports, the teams I covered. I felt sad. I was wondering what each of your reactions were.
0: Well, I think Brian O'Neill said it the best after that, you know, to paraphrase what he was saying is like, you don't understand. I think people on the outside don't understand how well loved he is, and how much of a leader he is, and and what he means to us. And Jim, you and I see that on a daily basis. That especially in the last two years, these guys love Kirk, and we got to, we got to see a little bit more of his personality emerge under. Kevin O'Connell and kind of, and it's not just, oh, he coaxed him out and Zimmer couldn't. Kevin's whole, and Kwesi's, their whole vibe with the whole team is different. They don't speak down to each other. They don't cuss each other out. Like there's just some gentlemanly rules that people are, and there's been a difference in the locker room and in the whole organization, I would say. But with Kirk specifically, he's blossomed. And I know he's had it already, but we get to take part in it, where it's even his repartee with the... With the media, well, I'm glad you brought that up. And then he'll tell a personal story where he would never do that before. Part of that is now he's comfortable in the organization. He's been there a couple of years. You know, he's he's okay with all right the business on the field. So now I can be myself maybe a little bit more. But to see the players react that way, it, it's um, you do feel bad. And the funny thing is, talking to the guys in the locker room yesterday, where they said on the plane, it was Josh Metellus on the plane. Kirk was his normal self, He being carted off. He was going, let's go offense. And he said, that's how I was on the plane. I talked to him a long time and he was upbeat. He was the same. And he said, and that's, that's Kirk, like through anything that's a challenge, through anything that's anything, he is still the same guy. So that's hard to walk the walk, isn't it? Well, and what struck me yesterday, I had no idea, or on Sunday,
2: how little he has missed yeah. Because of an injury. So I, you know, never I grew, I grew never up, because of an injury. Yeah. I grew up watching yeah. Cal Ripken Jr. And oh, Ironman, right? Yeah. You don't see that longevity. And so when I read that somewhere shortly after he left the game, I, that to me was heartbreaking because if you, if you've been so dependable, whether or not people like you or don't like you, this is what you do every single week as you get up, you go play football, you lead the team. And then just to be out like that, and both Don, both you and I had serious leg injuries this year, mm-hmm. and so then my brain went to having broken my leg earlier. Now Kirk's twenty years younger than me, and he's gonna have you know amazing medical care, which we do too. But that that road back to me, what that was the next thing was like, oh, wow, he's thirty six. You know what's what is he gonna want to do? And I hope that that's not going through his mind right now, you know, there's still a lot of football left, but it's, it was that longevity when I saw his streak of games played and then just to, to mentally just be like, when I fell off my bike, it just changes, you know, you think you're going out Saturday night. Next thing you know, you're at TCO emergency, you know, getting x-rays. And so thinking about what Kirk maybe had planned for this week, He talks a lot about taking his kids to school, it's like, yeah, I, you're not driving anywhere for a while. Right. Um, but he was
0: already last night at the Vikings I saw Halloween on a, scooter on a scooter, yeah. signing autographs, being Kirk. I mean, he walks the walk. And, and I think, you know, I, all the people that didn't like him, you know, he's he's getting overpaid or he's not our quarterback. I think since they've seen a little bit more now, they're like, wow, what have we lost? It's like, yeah. yeah." Well, and lost. I'll count myself. I wasn't a hater, but the first time I ever saw
2: him come to speak to a sports business group, he was so stiff and so straight laced. And it was, it wasn't quite boring, but it wasn't interesting. The last time I saw him, probably last fall, he came, he was so funny. And I was like, mm-hmm. is this actually the same Person, he was cracking jokes. He told the group, I think his Culver's is his go to after game meal. And he was talking about the double cheeseburger, large fry. He was just so relaxed and so mm-hmm. different. And so I came around, even like, okay, he's fun. He has size. And then we saw him at the Twins game, at the playoff game, he was in our section. And that was really fun just to see him out there. So I've come around too on him as a personality. And that was definitely hard to watch on Sunday.
0: Yeah.
1: It was. Uh, just by way of introduction, Andrea, the founder of Minnesota Aurora, which I always refer to as one of the great Minnesota sports stories of all time. Amen. Uh, and has also worked, she's worked with the Loons, she's worked at Care TV, worked at K-Fans. Uh, you know, what's, your, what's your current title? Because I can't keep up with all the things you do. You work with Chris Hockey's band, with Rocket Club. Uh, how would you describe your, your, this moment in your career?
2: So technically, I'm just a freelancer at this moment That's in my such career. Such a lousy description. I know. Of it, I'm though. sorry, but I yes, I currently work on projects to get more attention for the brand or the people or whatever project I'm working on. So for Aurora, I am chair of the board and am moving out of the day to day, which we can talk about later, which is very exciting. And so I pick up projects for people that I enjoy. And work with them at that point in my career where I don't have to do anything I don't want to do anymore. And sometimes it's music, and sometimes it's sports, and sometimes it's vodka, and everything in between.
0: Cool. She's being polite. She is a yes. marketing guru. Yes, right. And and well, there are some
1: people who are freelance because they can't get a job, and there are <laughs> other people who freelance because they know that they can do better than just sitting in a cubicle someplace. Well,
0: you form your own company, yep. you do what
2: you like to do, and, and, and so, you work for the people you want to work for. That's, right. that's the most important thing Isn't for me. Isn't that what
0: the definition of success is? Yeah. And, and I, I want to toot her horn a little bit more because uh, peeling back the we're all about peeling back the layers here okay. on the show. Um we both went to Boston College. I don't know if we you have heard of that. I you you should have put time, money down, Jim, whenever, on how long the, that was going to take. us. way I was just waiting for it. Um, and it's not only that we have that bond, but ever since I got here to Minnesota and we knew of each other, then we finally met, um, you know, what, what, I think you are at WCCO at the time, to see you not only start your own company, to take on international soccer to take on Chad Greenway's Grey Duck, to take on Chris Hockey, um, these are things that people know about because of you. And then during COVID, when most of us, my goal was to learn how to drink whiskey because I didn't have an adult drink other than red wine. I'm like, I am not a big drinker, but I'm like, when I go out, some like, red wine or what or vodka soda, or water. Like, that's it. And so my friend said, you need an adult drink. So my goal was to drink whiskey. Your goal was to create, not only bring a soccer team here to Minnesota, but to create a brand new way of thinking for people, and to really energize um, the mindset that it's not just let's empower young women and girls let's get the men behind it too and the young boys so i just have to say i'm so first of all i want to say proud of you but just in awe of you that you're like i know let's go out to, we went out to brunch we had our masks on and you're like don't tell anyone but I, i'm i'm i think i'm gonna buy and bring a soccer team and then i'm gonna open it up and have people buy into it and they own it and Rather than what? I was like, really? I leaned in um, and now we see it. It came to fruition, your dream. So I don't think you give enough enough credit because you are humble, but I'm going with guru. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I'm I, going with. I, I, That's good I, work.
2: I've been lucky to be in the right place, surrounded by the right people for a long time. And, um, Aurora is very much a, we like none of that was done by myself. There was a whole group of us. And when you, when you gather like-minded people together that are passionate, you can get a lot done. Yes. Did we have extra time on our hands? Me in particular, because if you're specialty is sort of event marketing and gathering large groups of people together. And then COVID hits, nobody can gather together. So it it wasn't that smooth, especially if you ask my adult children who had to move home and there was a lot of moms screaming and I'm pretty even tempered, but those first few months. So thank God for them that Minnesota women's soccer came around because we may be a split household now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we are going to get more into the Aurora story story lately. Just to to reintroduce the show, this is Dawn of Sports, and we are brought to you by All Energy Solar, allenergysolar.com. Also brought to you by Rudy Luther Toyota, always a big supporter of this network, of women's sports, of women's sports being talked about on this network. We really appreciate them. Uh, Let you know the best way to listen to this show or any show at talknorth.com is to subscribe to your favorite podcast app. So go there. First of all, subscribe to this show then go to TalkNorth.com. There will be something you care about. We cover all the sports. Uh, we have outdoor short shows. We have variety shows. We pretty much cover everything, and we keep growing, and we keep growing because you listen, and you support us, and we do appreciate it. Brandon Morton is our producer, as he has been for so long, uh, and we've had great guests on this show. Before Andre, we had uh, Chad Greenway, Jim Cott, uh, Jack Jablonski, Mark Rosen, uh, Mike Tarico, and we have a bunch of great guests lined up. Laura, uh, Laura Oakman was last week. And as we promised, we wanted, you know, we had a few people we wanted to knock off, but now uh, that we're well into <laughs> that this. That
0: sounds really vicious.
1: Um, I probably didn't phrase it particularly. <laughs> right. I mean, there are people, it is Halloween. There are people I, I would knock off, but the people I would knock off are not the people we've had on the show. So I probably misused <laughs> oh, so the I phrase. So I need to go get some
2: protection in here. Yeah. Well, not, no, it's not
1: you. Everybody in this room is safe, at least for now. Um, uh, but no, we we had some great guests we wanted to get to immediately because they were, you know, big influences on Don's early career. But we also, as promised, we want to get to women's voices as often as possible. Laura Oakman was great last week. Andrea, uh, obviously, we we've always talked about her. and again, we'll get to her more of her story. Back to the Vikings. We are talking here right before the trading deadline on Tuesday afternoon Mm -hmm. and the Vikings traded for Josh Dobbs. They basically exchanged low round draft picks with uh, Arizona to get a quarterback who is at least more experienced than Jaron Hall. They also traded Ezra Cleveland for a low round draft pick, uh, which is a sign. They really like Dalton Reisner and a sign. They like Ed Ingram more than I think most of us thought they should like Ed Ingram, but maybe, but I do think he's he's played better. I, I, I hated the way he played last year. He is getting better. The offensive line's getting he's better. Young.
0: He's young. And he
1: is young. Um, sometimes young people don't get any better. That's the that's the yeah. catch. But in his case, I actually think his second year is he is getting better.
0: And you bring up Dalton Reisner. I really the past his you know, the last couple of games, I really love him as a person in terms of how he's fit in quickly with the the players, but that's when you're seeing Kirk have more protection. That's when mm. you're seeing the run game kind of, all right, the run game, let's be honest, is not on fire. It is not. Uh, it's, which still is a problem
2: not. when your starting quarterback goes down Yes, it is. and you need to run the ball that Sunday, we were like watching the game like, and it was happen? like, why are you guys throwing the ball right now? Yeah. Like, please right? run it. But if the run game is a problem, that's not a solution.
0: So it'd be interesting yeah. how they, you know, can do that. So, and, if you're going to have a guy like I don't know much about Josh. All I know my 24-year-old who's in about five
2: fantasy football leagues texted me when the trade went through super excited. Really? So if the if the 24-year-old fantasy football mind is any indication, then yeah. Josh has him excited.
1: Well, he's probably a better fantasy player than, oh, real player mean, than a, a real player. Oh, that than a real player. He's, you know, the, in fantasy football running quarterbacks have exactly. an edge. That's true. And he isn't an at, he's athletic. I think he's I think he's smart, I yep. think he's athletic. He is he has experience now his statistics are not good i think he was about to lose his starting job in arizona and his team is bad so this is not a savior this is to me this is a this is a very good job of the vikings of avoiding either extreme you know if they if they had traded away major assets to get a quarterback then they're screwing themselves for the future if they had not brought in another quarterback then they're handing season to jaron hall who hasn't played in the nfl and might not be ready to play
0: and who most of us didn't even know his first name until he stepped out onto the field
1: on sunday yes well you can
0: also ruin a young guy by putting mm, him in that situation and not bring him along if he's not ready yes exactly
1: uh so i think they did a nice job of not mortgaging the future getting somebody who can play the position who will give themselves give them a fighting chance so it's not an exciting move but it's Probably a logical move.
2: I also I can't even imagine what crazy Adolfo men says last thirty-six hours. He's watching the game Sunday, things are going pretty well. He's yeah, the trade deadline's coming. He's thinking about things and then poosh, your whole like it's not like he had weeks to prepare for trying to figure out for a quarterback. He had what at two o'clock Sunday afternoon until today. So he, I'm sure he hasn't slapped. I'd like to see what his desk looks like right now. But yeah. that's, that's what's crazy to me is now whatever it was he was planning on doing for the trade deadline, just gone. Yeah. The whole season changed. And yeah. the
1: Cleveland move is not as big a deal, but he's a pretty good player, and they traded him for a low-round draft pick, and they don't have anybody under contract at that position now. These Reisner's signed a one-year deal. Right. So, right. So it makes you wonder, do they feel like, they're going to sign Reisner long-term. Do they have confidence they can fill? The offensive line is just starting to play just well started, now, right. and now you don't, ha- you don't really ha- necessarily have your future locked up at the position. Maybe they have something in the works. Uh, so fascinating. The, hey, the great thing about the Vikings, the great thing about the NFL, it can't they can't help, but be interesting. Look at, look at all the stuff we're talking about here. It's, it's amazing.
0: I, you know, I am not a prognosticator, um, but I did have a really bad feeling. And, and I said that I said, I have a really bad feeling when Nick Mullins went on IR with a back injury and people like, well, why? It means Nick Mullins. I go, I just have a bad feeling because yes, every team I said, but we're one injury away from disaster and like every team is. And I said, uh, not when your backup quarterback is gone, right? I don't, I don't know. And people are like, look at some of my friends now. Were like, did you make this happen? I'm like, I didn't say something was going to happen. I just said that move made me nervous. But
2: also, like, how much faith did anybody have in Nick Mullins in the first place?
1: Well, the thing about Nick is, at least he has started meaningful sure. games he's taken snaps. in the NFL. Yeah. Well, he knows and he, and he the won offense. some games. This
0: offense is complicated. So yeah. he knows yeah. the offense, right? So if you need just a game manager or a guy that can hand off the ball, you're. this is the one thing I want to see about um, this guy coming in to see if Dobbs, they say he's smart. It's going to be hard. They're going to have to basically have to simplify, though, right? right, for this going to weekend? make it basic a little bit. Yep. Um,
1: so. And I think you hit on it. I think if Nick Mullins were completely healthy, Then maybe they try to get through this week with Jaron Hall, and then they know that Mullins is waiting. But the way O'Connell talked about Mm -hmm. Mullins on Monday in that press conference, O'Connell doesn't, like, just, he's not blunt. but But he's honest. He always... If you listen closely, yep. he gives you information yep. and the way he talked about Mullins on Monday, you go, okay, yep, he's not, not coming happening.
0: back with like mm-hmm. something's they're, they're going to make a move. Especially yep. when he said, is it short term or is it long term? Like he's honest. You well, know? And then we if you throw know.
2: in the Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. and you're thinking about quarterbacks, it's like, okay, are we worried about having someone that can throw if JJ is not actually going to come back?
0: Yeah. I, here, I think he'll come back by the new Orleans game. That's just my guess.
1: I really think it's a, legitimate concern for viking fans okay what's justin jefferson thinking they didn't sign him long-term deal now he doesn't have his quarterback oh you
0: mean come back come yeah. back like yeah, sign right i thought you meant come oh. back like in the time from the injury no, yes they're all there's well, that's s- a whole another level that get, we're talking they're all, about they're
2: such super healers yes, i mean even yes, if yes, you yes. watch aaron Rodgers was you know throwing passes or whatever on sunday from his achilles it's like yeah. okay what did he get that i didn't get yeah. <laughs> when i when i broke my Mushrooms.
1: leg yeah. I, I really do think Jefferson will come back as soon as he can this year. Because I think he's a competitor. I think mm-hmm. he. I think he wants to play. I think he wants to build a Hall of Fame resume. So I don't fear him sitting out as some people fear. I also believe the Vikings will get the deal done. I just. I do, do too. I just do. I hope so. And he's so much fun to watch. Yeah.
0: And who knows? This could be another situation like a Case Keenum, okay, where you've, you kinda, you kind of you you have great weapons on offense. You now you have a guy that can scramble, right? If he needs to hand off the ball, the running game has got to step up, right? The offensive line has got to step up. But as we even saw last week, like gosh, when they can get it all together, just you don't even have to tear it up like Dalvin Cook did. Just advance the ball a little bit, then start hit, hitting guys like. You know, at tight end, I think even Josh Oliver had the thing, but you get, you know, you get Hawk going, you get KJ, so you get all the J's, you get TJ, JJ, KJ, you know, get them all going. Um, you just need somebody that can get the keys in their hand and start up this offense. And hold on to the football. And, oh, yeah. That's yes. That's a whole. Yes. That's a whole different ball of wax.
1: All right. Let's uh, talk briefly about the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Um I hate to say this because Chris Finch to me is the most likable person in the organization. I really like him as a human being, but this team has played like a poorly coached team so far this season, offensively. I think the defense is actually better. Gobert looks really good. You have Anthony Edwards, great player. You have Carlton Anthony Towns, great offensive player. You have Mike Connolly, veteran point guard. You have talent on the bench. And they have gone long stretches of each of the three games looking like they don't know how to play offense. And it's starting to bother me. Really? Yes.
0: Well, I think it's a problem when, let's take the Miami Heat game, right? The home opener. When Nas Reed, I love Nas, right? What, what does he say? There's bumper stickers now that say honk if you love Nas yeah, Reed. The,
1: uh, uh, I, I, At Parkway uh, Pizza up by John Krasinski's house, there's a big sign. We love Nas. Honk if you love Nas Reed. He's become a cult figure.
0: He is awesome. Yeah. He should not be your leading scorer off the bench. I'm happy that he was.
1: He saved saved that game. They had
0: a 9-0 Nas Reed run at one point. You know, like he he saved the team on, on that game. Now, all of your starters, yes, were all in double figures, but... It's, you're going you're gonna to need, and I know it's the beginning of the season. My friends are like, calm down. It's only the second game, Dawn. It was only the home opener. But I, I'm kind of with you, but I also think that they, it's, it's just like any pro sports right now. You, this is still preseason. I always say the first month or so when a season gets going on pro sports now, it's still the preseason in my mind.
2: It is, but I think from a marketing, like when I look at it from a marketing standpoint, this is the most crowded time of year. And so if you're going to capture yeah, those mm-hmm. fans and hope that they're still going to be there in the dregs of January and February, which to me in basketball season is like the hardest time, like you get it very excited at the beginning, you know, baseball season in July, going to sit at target field is a fabulous thing. So you're, you're not really worried about, it. but in January and February, if you're going to haul yourself downtown, you want to know that the team is playing well. And so when I look at it from a fan standpoint, it's like, Oh, if you don't start off, hot or you look like you're gonna collapse. Do I really how much do I care about going to the game, right? Mm -hmm. Buying tickets to the game, going downtown. Whereas then if you get the wild who are playing on the same nights are are playing well and you know you get all the drama with the Vikings. There's just a lot and I saw that the gopher UMD hockey game is sold out Friday night. Mm -hmm. Right? Gopher volleyball is playing really well. Football, you know, has all sorts of things happen. So that's where on the Timberwolves it's like, oh, you guys starting off hot may not matter towards the end of the season. Right. But I think it does matter in the hearts and minds of the market and capturing that attention.
1: I just think that this is a team that should know how to play together. They had a good preseason. They bit they it's the same group they had last year mm-hmm. and they look like they don't know how to play offense and that and that bothers me. Um the ball just doesn't move. Uh, They're taking bad shots. The bad shots are leading to bad defensive transition because you're out of position. Uh, This team should know how to play offense by now. And maybe it'll get better. Sure. Um, And we're all going to give it a chance. I'm not saying Chris Finch should be fired tomorrow. I'm saying that he is, if this team's going to play like this, he will be on the hot seat sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And nothing sticks in my craw. I mean, like, miss shots, yes. Do not miss free throws. I played – High school basketball. And if you missed a free throw, you ran. But I to, you ran feel the laps. same way about
2: the extra point, though, in football. Like, every
0: time we miss one, I'm like. Well, but see, it's all you have to do all week is practice. There's no wind, right? There, you're, you're there's no inside. wind. There's no holder. Yeah. There's no snap. There's nothing, right? There's no, nothing, right? no, there's no mean, rush. That's just you. Yeah. And you, you, it's inexcusable to me on the NBA level. That's what I always say. And I'm like, ah, oh, doink, what?
1: Less, a lot going on in the world of hockey, Um mm, you know, mm. the death of Adam Johnson. And I, you know, I saw, I had two immediate reactions. One is, this is a tragedy. And the other was, I can't believe it doesn't happen more often. You have people just flying around with skates in the air all the time. I'm just shocked. It doesn't I'm happy it doesn't happen more often and it doesn't lessen this tragedy, but I'm just shocked it doesn't happen more often.
0: I remember being, this is going to date myself a little bit, but... um Being an intern and watching Clint Malarchuk, if you remember that name. Yeah, I do. uh, Clint Malarchuk catching a skate and hitting his jugular. And Mm. um, as an intern watching that game, and we're getting what is called a backhaul feed, which means you're getting clean video coming right from the production truck. And they're rewinding it and going forward. So no one at home is watching this and I do not have a queasy stomach Four brothers, you know, rough and tumble, bloody knees, you get it. Um, they were showing the spurt go forward and backwards, oh. forward and backwards. Right. Cause they were trying to be like, is this too graphic to show? Yes. So yes. they didn't show it, but I saw it. And so immediately when I heard about Adam, I did not know that he had passed cause people still didn't know. Um, I was queasy all over again because I remember I almost lost my lunch watching that back and forth. I had to excuse myself from the room. And I later met Clint Millarchuk in my life. He's wonderful. Um and, and then he's and he's written a book. He's had some issues as you, as you go past like that. But he had a, if I my, if I'm recalling this correctly, a Vietnam um doctor or medical specialist was was working and at that game and saved Clint's life. Um, you know, everything happened, but I think this was more severe. I don't want to go into details, but there was no, there was no chance that Adam would survive. And also, I
2: think, wasn't Clint playing in pro, like he was playing at a high level in hockey when that happened?
0: Yeah, but this is the... Over there in England, it's still a high level, very high. The, those pros that are playing overseas. Yes.
2: No, I'm saying as far as medical care and immediate treatment and I, yes. I'm not saying anybody maybe it, would have exactly. done anything
0: wrong, but exactly. I'm just saying
2: in an NHL game, correct. Every, even, you know, like with Kirk on Sunday, it's like, you're seeing the best of the best taking care of right. them
0: and quickly. And right. Quick, right. It has but to they be even quickly. said even on the NHL level, Clint would not have survived if this guy did not have that kind of triage boom kind right. of training. Um, what I am upset with, and we talked about we're going to bring up a thing called FTG going up, and this reminds me, Jim, this is what I was talking about. The group of people, because yes, the guy that hit into them, they're they're kind of having a it was not a good play, but that's hockey, right? That's just hockey. The the groups of people, so FTG to the groups of those people that are on this guy. Um, and blaming him for his death. Now I well, also
2: want a criminal investigation launched. It's right. like they're playing hockey they're with playing sharp sharp hockey.
0: skates and that's and like to Jim's point I am amazed that it does not happen more often you see the goaltenders they all have mm-hmm. like the it's not even all of them but they'll they'll have that little plastic plate or that comes down but the players don't they didn't even want to wear shields for right. the longest time
2: well when i interned for the north stars way back when no, they weren't wearing
1: face shields she has worked for everybody i have she worked
2: has. for everybody, everybody. it's
0: because i can't keep a job <laughs> but
2: I, I can remember them nobody you know bobby smith would come off the ice no face, no face shield I and know. you and you'd, well, you'd see scars on his faces yes. but no face shield.
1: I remember being up close to Bobby Clark when he got hired as a general manager here, and he just had oh, yeah, scars he's got one. everywhere. Yeah, right. And some big ones, but if you look closely, there are a lot of little ones, too. I right. Mean, but- uh, and by the way, FTG is going to be a frequent, if not constant, segment on here. We're not going to tell you what FTG means. I think you'll figure it out uh, mm-hmm. as we go forward. I don't really have an FTG today. I can't top Dawn's, so we're going to stick with that one. Um, yeah, one, sorry
0: for just blurting it out no, because it's good. I was like, that reminds that's, that's me good. we're talking that's about it. I'm yes, like, yes.
1: Another, and this is so typical of my job, of Don's job, of the reality of working in sports in the Twin Cities. As we're sitting here, more Vikings news comes out because Vikings news comes out every five minutes. Mm-hmm. This is well, a, and
2: I think the deadline's at three. So yeah,
1: it's not. It's not. This is not a deal, but it's just a comment. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, who was not, who was not scheduled to talk today, did it. Did talk because of the trade. And, you know, the group out there was asking about Cousins' future. And Kevin O'Connell basically said that I love Kirk Cousins and I want him back. Because one of the assumptions you could have made is, okay, Kirk Cousins, 35, without a contract, going to have to rehab until next July or August, don't know if he'd be ready to start a season. You know, not. I really thought the way this organization was headed before this injury, they were going to bring Kirk back. They were going to try to make a decent deal. I agree. But they were going to bring him back. I think. I think when they first took over the team, I think Quezzy's idea was, I'm going to find the next Patrick Mahomes, we'll we'll stick with Cousins until then, and then we'll f- go find the next Patrick Mahomes. I think things have changed. They've seen how hard it is to develop a young quarterback, how risky it is to hand your franchise to a young quarterback, and Cousins has overachieved. He's played great the last year and a half. He's also, be, as Don said, I think he's become much more of a leader and much more of a, a loved person. Instead of a liked person, I think he's now a loved person in the organization. So Kevin O'Connell is basically saying, I want the guy back, which is, a to me, it's logical, but it's also fascinating that he just come out and say it right now. It is
0: fascinating to me. And but if you if you go back and, Jim, you'll know this, if you've noticed their relationship change, yep. um, just how. He comes Kirk down, which you would think would be the other way, right? Because P- Kirk, like you said before, is, is buttoned up and this and that. And like some people at first said, well, he's robotic. Well, no, he's processing this new, this new system. He had so many different offensive systems. And he is a perfectionist. So just this past week, um, K- KO was talking about, you know what? Um, all Kirk talks about is what he did wrong against the Niners. He's so hard. He's when you have a coach saying he's harder, he's harder on himself than he should be. And he's Kirk going? Oh, I'm remembering is the bad things. They balance each other out. Normally it's the coach saying yep. you're doing this and this and this, you need to step it up. So just kind of that mindset away from it. But when you look down the line, top 10 quarterback, I know people are yep. saying he's 13 or whatever. You don't throw away a top 10 quarterback who is as accurate as he is. Oh, you look to protect him. He's not going to be he, he's not going to be a Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to be a scrambler. He's not going to be that way, but what he is is he's going to be a darn really good accurate thrower and 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 smart. So you protect that until maybe you know you're in a position to get, to get the next god of quarterbacking. And it also makes here sense here in Minnesota. <laughs> it
1: also makes sense if you're trying Believe. to Believe. Rese- if you're trying to re-sign Justin Jefferson, it would really help you say, we're going to keep Kirkby Kirk because you guys work so well together.
2: Well, and also he's in, you know, we saw on that Netflix, but he's in peak physical condition. He is. So the, the ability to come back from these injuries is not like mere mortals, yeah. right? They're, they're already the strongest, healthiest they possibly can be. So they're, they're starting ahead on some of these injuries where everybody else might take a full year. Mm-hmm. You know, again, he, Aaron Rodgers was throwing the ball around the other day. We don't. He may be back throwing the ball by the time, you know, winter
1: gets here. And and that's the good thing about Kirk is there's no question he'll do everything. Yeah, he's super disciplined. Uh, This is not Dante Culpepper, as Brad Childress said, rehabbing next to the Chinese uh, restaurant in the strip mall in in Florida. It's a little different than that.
0: And not to be devil's advocate. I'm just throwing this out there. I always, he has not come straight out and said that. But whenever... Anybody, a head coach or a GM, it's most likely a GM, says he's our guy, he's not your guy. You know, whenever someone goes, Oh yeah, I love so-and-so, he'll, yeah. you know, blah blah blah, they're always well, let I did. go. When they're Jim, always
2: fired or they're always yeah. traded. When or- Jim said that, I part of my mind did say, <laughs> Okay, that's the important thing for Kirk to hear today. Yes. He has a long road ahead of him. Right. So if you're the head coach you're managing morale, you're trying, right. You do say that today, but I did actually think that too. It's like, well, let's see what he says with May. I'm
0: like, please don't say that that's a kiss of death. And I'll say that in the sports office all the time. Like, nope, he is our guy going forward. I go, he gone. I just say he gone.
1: What I always said about Ron Gardenhire was if he was ripping you, it's because he wanted you to be better. Mm -hmm. If he was praising you, it was because he was about to get rid of you.
2: Ooh, interesting mm. his yeah. tell was that
1: clear it was te- yeah it was like okay yeah god joe's got to play more joe's you know joe's gotta you know, gotta carry if he would rip the players he valued because he was demanding if he said oh man i tell you what that uh, that trevor ploof he's playing great for us it was like i've given up trying to make him better so i might as well just compliment him before he before we get rid of him
0: so let me ask you this do you guys think that now the mind shift is a mind set on quarterbacks is shifting a little bit, right? Because for a while there it was like, hey, let's take the top pick, the top draft pick and let's like, you know, oh, Russell Wilson, woo, you know, in their younger days, like they can just turn them and turn them into stars, you know, Patrick Mahomes. And we're seeing that they don't always last, right? So the mindset, I think it is shifting a little bit to more, maybe it's like a goaltender, you know, sometimes the head and the the head and the physical have to be together. It takes a little time to develop. Like the whole Brett Favre, he wasn't a star right out of the gate. Like some of these best NFL quarterbacks are made uh, and not in college. I don't know. I see it may be a slight shift back to that, but.
1: I think teams that are truly bad will always draft a young quarterback, A, hoping that they get the next Mahomes, mm-hmm. B, because it buys you time well, you can't fire us. We're just starting to develop this guy. Well, he's only in his second or third year. You know, I mean, you know, I, I think it's a defense. Me- I think it's a it's a lottery ticket and a defense mechanism mm-hmm. all in one. But I think the Vikings are in that fascinating position where they're competitive every year. They're good every year. And Kirk has played better under O'Connell than he played previously. And I just wouldn't throw that away. And I'm somebody who's, I was hard on Cousins during the Zimmer years because I didn't think he handled a lot of things well. And I understand now because Zimmer, right. once everything came
2: out, is how uncomfortable that must have been every single day going into work with someone who y- your boss basically doesn't think you should be there.
1: Not only did Zimmer hate him, the players like Everson Griffin, who were Zimmer guys, hated him too. Right. It's hard to lead when your coach and some of the veteran players aren't on your side. And I think O'Connell did a great job of kind of clearing the way for for Cousins to be a true leader. And Cousins, to his credit stepped up and did it
0: and in some way, shape or form during that whole regime. It was offense against defense. Yeah, it was offense against defense. Um, And I'm not saying there weren't friendships or any of that. But you know, with Zimmer being a defensive guy. Um, like, I think it was shocking to me when I found out what they don't even talk. They don't, when they had to specifically set meetings, like I am, I'm, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk once a week now. And I'm thinking, you guys haven't done that. Like you don't talk to your starting quarterback. Like that was shocking to me. But even
2: behind the scenes, like for several times, like if you were in the building for other reasons, business reasons, Zimmer, like there was no acknowledging other humans, No in the building. Whereas, you know, when I go over there for meetings now, if you know you don't run into KOC in the hallway that often, but if you happen to be passing, he does acknowledge, he says, hi, yes. he'll say good morning. Nice it's not an uncomfortable workplace. And at the base of it, if your workplace is uncomfortable, you're not going
1: to perform. Nope. And I'm going to tell, uh, we have an occasional segment called what they don't tell you where we tell behind the scenes stories. I, I'm going to tell you this one. I've heard this through several people in the Vikings organization. So like Zimmer's last year. I think it was I think it was Zimmer's last year. They're playing Detroit at home. My col- my Sunday morning column on the Vikings is they lose this one, they're gonna have to fire everybody. I mean they were just at the point where nothing was working. The atmosphere on the team was terrible. The lines weren't that good. If you're gonna lose this one, it's over for everybody, right? Uh, first of all I was told that people in the Vikings media relations department made sure that no, none of the brain trust saw my column. They didn't put it in the clips package. They usually put out. They didn't want anybody reading it, but Kirk saw it. So do you remember when Kirk leads the last second drive, they go out, they kick the game winning field goal and cousins turns and like grabs Zimmer and Zimmer looked like he wanted to punch him. Yeah. Kirk was going, I saved your job. Assuming wow. he knew, assuming, assuming he, he knew, saw it.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: He said, I saved your job. And he shakes Zimmer and Zimmer doesn't know what he's talking about and also hates him. So it looks like he's going to punch him and then has to realize that I'm on national TV. I better not punch my quarterback. And he settles it down. But yeah. Cousins was referring. He was to, like excited. He was like, like I saved, I your, saved job. your job. And I'm sure he was partly saying it like, Hey, we won the game. Partly of, you know, give me some freaking credit, jerk. Right.
0: Right. right. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like Kirk reads everything.
1: Yep.
0: Um, and let me, t- I don't, did not have to work for Mike Zimmer. I liked Mike Zimmer. I got along with Mike Zimmer so for, from all the stories that come out. I'm, I'm in the minority and maybe because I, my dad is from Brooklyn. I'm not saying my dad is like Zimmer, but I've known a lot of like Brooklyn tough kind of, uh, kind of person that it doesn't scare me. You know, like, like I know you're not mad at me, so I'm going to say whatever I want, but like, so things, maybe it should have bothered me more you know, but if it were directed to me, I probably wouldn't like it. No, but I'm just with that said, I remember that. And now that you say that, because Kirk does not have a mean bone in his body. So that all makes sense now. Oh my goodness. Yeah.
1: Okay. Now we're going to talk to Andrea about, uh, Aurora and some other women's sports issues. Once again, we want to thank Rudy Luther, Toyota, longtime sponsor, Of the podcast and the network
0: ready for a women forward car dealership rudy luther toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales management and service whether you are looking for a new toyota or pre-owned vehicle rudy luther toyota has something for everyone every vehicle comes with a luther advantage 10 cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations Luther Advantage Warranty and Five-Day Return Policy on Pre-Owned Vehicles, located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit rudyluthertoyota.com today.
1: Also, want to let you know that all energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All Energy Solar is ready to take any solar project from design to installation and everything in between. That refers to home, business, or both. Find out more about going solar at allenergysolar.com slash coach or just go to allenergysolar.com and uh, learn everything you need to know about solar. We're all headed in that direction. Also, uh, we are just building this show as we go, and it's been a blast. If you want if you know anybody who wants to get in early on the ground floor of sponsoring this podcast, reach out to our great sales executive, Karen Cleary, K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. And now, Dawn, why don't you start the conversation with Andrea?
0: You know, I, uh, Andrea, I've been so excited to get you on the show um, because it's dear for me, and, and Jim's on the same page with me, why I wanted my own podcast and to have Jim, Jim basically be the anchor and the, the lead for it with me is I want to empower women without excluding men. Um, there's so many people that, I want to empower women. I want to have the women's voice, and, the, and they diss men. Um, And I have come from a home of four brothers, no sisters. Um, I love my dad. Um, I think men are inherently amazing. So I never want to alienate the men by thinking, hey, sisterhood, sisterhood. And every time I think of someone who thinks along the same lines as me, you come to mind. And we've had discussions like this um, that haven't been on air like it's going to be right now. But I wanted to have you on. Jim wanted to have you on because to have men like Jim and Brandon, our producer, to support women and are not afraid if a woman has an opinion, not afraid if a woman stands up and says something, not afraid if like, oh, God forbid, she may say something that may make you a little angry. It's, it's important. It's important to have a strong voice. So I wanted your strong voice. And also, yes, I call you a guru, but you're educated. You're and you started in sports and people would be like, well, why is she I mean, at Boston college? You're a sports writer and an editor. And you and I share a mentor, early mentor and Jackie McMullen and a few other people. Jackie's
1: great. But
0: she was amazing. We come from that Jackie McMullen school of thought. Yep. But along the lines of
2: men, if I may embarrass Jim for a yes. moment, he, he knows this. So my, when I was at KFan way back in the day as the only female, I got sent to spring training for two weeks. And every day, Jim was a beat writer for the paper at the time. He made sure that I was invited to dinner. So I was young. I was the only female probably in the entire county working, at the, you know, covering the twins. And every day, Jim made sure, hey, we're going here to eat or, right, come join us. And so instead of being like, you know, first of all, sports radio was new as well i mean it was being done in boston but it certainly wasn't being done out here right so first of all it's radio she's female she's young she's not from here instead of being all strikes against me jim made sure i was always included with the group and that allowed me not only to get to know jim but rob Anthony at the time was Twin pr at general the twins he's, yep, he's now assistant PR general there. manager but he was assistant pr at the time we we're the same age and we were at the same place in our lives it allowed me to then safely get to know others so even like tom kelly it's like I came in under sort of the safe umbrella because by going to dinner with Jim, I got to know Rob. So therefore, Rob was able to say to Tom, hey, she needs some sound. Make sure, you know, Tom was someone who would easily say no. And instead, that allowed people to help me do my job so that I was able to turn back into the station the things they needed for the day, which then makes you successful. Whereas if if you're roadblocked, along the way, you're, you, you don't get that credibility, you don't get to talk to the manager, then you're done. And then your bosses are like, why don't you have any sound from the twins today? Mm-hmm. And I, you can't say, well, you know, they, they just, they wouldn't let the girl in. It, that's not an answer. You have to figure out a way. And luckily because of Jim, Dan Barrero is someone that, you know, I, I owe a tremendous amount for because Jackie McMillan introduced me to Dan and Dan introduced me around town. I wouldn't be here without them. I truly wouldn't.
0: What do you think is the greatest lesson that you had to learn in those situations early?
2: One lesson you and I have talked about this is don't ask a question if you really don't know what you're talking about. Like don't talk for the sake of talking. Mm -hmm. And what I quickly learned in spring training too is everybody, you know, you're in a room with people like Jim, let them ask the questions. I just needed to get sound. I didn't, my voice didn't need to be heard. I just needed to make sure I captured what was being said. So don't try to insert yourself unnecessarily. Like I didn't feel the need to flex. It was enough that I was there. It was enough that I, my, proving my way was showing up on time, getting the job done that I was hired to do. It wasn't being the most memorable person that asked the question, that wasn't my job, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think for me, it was truly understanding what needed to get done And focusing on that and not worrying about all the other things that were happening around me because that wasn't my responsibility.
0: What do you think is the number one thing that um, people at home don't know about women kind of breaking in that way?
2: I think that the hardest thing that people assume is that we don't actually love sports as much as the guys do. And this has recently been a topic with the whole Taylor Swift, Travis, Kelsey, is this assumption Mm -hmm. that I can't love football and love Taylor Swift. It's like, well, I've been watching football since I was eight and we moved to Baltimore and that's what my dad and I did was we watched the Colts every weekend. I mean, I've i spent more money traveling the country watching Taylor Swift than I probably want to admit. Both things can be true. Mm-hmm. And I think that the assumption, and it doesn't happen as much anymore as it used to, but one of my favorite things used to be when I, you know, I had boys, the boys would come over, I'd, I'd, let them, I'd say, sure, we'll host the fantasy football draft at our house. And I'd, I'd hear them talking smack about something. And then just being able to step into the room of a bunch of 12-year-old boys, drop a bunch of knowledge that, honestly, I probably heard on the radio that morning or read in the newspaper, it wasn't like my own gleaned knowledge, but drop that knowledge and then leave the room and have these boys' faces be like, oh, my God, your mom just schooled us on football. It's, it's still, to me, it's like we love, we had so much fun at the Twins games right? That yeah. was the first time in my life I have been at a sporting event like that with all women and we had a blast. That was, so we were so into that baseball game, you and me and Vanita Sakar. and it was awesome, but we love sports. That's what people at home need to understand. We love sports just as much as the guys do. And
0: know sports. And we know our you sports. Know the intricacies, you know? What? I mean, I could be there with a group of other people. It doesn't have to even be women that sometimes you go there and they're just there for the social part of it, right? Like, I have a couple of guy friends in mind that are like, uh, do sports, get the points. Like they don't know, they right. don't, and, and but they respect the fact that I do, right. but we were there, all women. We all knew we, the situations, the, the, the people, just yeah. everything. And it was a blast. It was. it was
2: right. And also just because, and this is true for men too. And I say this to young women a lot when I'm mentoring them, you don't have to have played the sport to no. be in the business. Mm-hmm. I like Andrew Miller does a great job running the Vikings. I don't know this for sure, but I'm pretty sure he can't throw a football. Right? I am pretty sure that Dave St. Peter can't throw a 90 mile an hour fastball.
1: Or a nine, or a fastball 90 feet.
2: <laughs> exactly. So don't the, the fact that we that we I don't know how to skate. I didn't grow up learning how to skate. That doesn't make me any less passionate of a wild fan. Because I don't need to know how to skate. You don't need to know how to skate to really cover the team. I mean, I'm going to venture to guess that Michael Russo is probably not a great skater. And he's an amazing hockey writer.
0: You know that it reminds me going back to Green Bay. I think that's when I first met you up there. You were covering a story up in Green Bay. And you say it was the I met you beforehand, right?
1: I thought we met. In Boston. The funny thing you were talking about, At Rob Red Anthony. Uh, I remember being out with a group of twins people <gasps> in Boston. That
0: is. Oh my gosh, and it was yes. like
1: me and Rob Anthony, and maybe Mike Herman, and, and maybe another writer or two. And, and I Ramsey. thought you were in- Ramsey, and you Ramsey. were in the group. Oh, Ramsey, oh my yes. gosh, I haven't thought of
2: him in so long.
0: I just had a, like a, a brain explosion because I'm like, okay, I'm, I know I've met you before, and then we re met when I was right covering the Packers, right. when I was in Milwaukee. But yes, because that was so weird for me because I was working behind the scenes with CBS, but I was doing some. Freelance all at uh, the Red Sox Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, like stage managing and and doing all that. But yes, because Jim was. Part of the broadcast team, and also Tim Scanlon. Tim Scanlon, Tim 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 Scanlon yep. and I were friends. Mid- Midwest sports. Yep. Yes, Tim yep. Scanlon, who went on to be such a big, big, big guy over at ESPN, and now is with Octagon as an agent. Mm-hmm. So a shout out to Tim Scanlon, who is still one of the best men you'll ever meet in the sports world. That's Absolutely. And that's how I met you. Yep. So it just brings me back to I was saying in Green Bay and. and This guy, Ross Berba, offensive lineman, good guy, but I remember he was mad. And I asked a question after a game. And he said to me, You ever play professional football? And so I'm a wise ass, right? I mean, I was raised a four boys. So immediately. You haven't seen my tight end stats? I'm like, (laughs) Immediately I go, Not since my sex change. (laughs) And I said that. Like, it's like now I might think twice because, you know, I'm in Minnesota and blah, blah, blah. But right then I was just like, no, not since my sex change. And he just started laughing and he looked down and he goes, I am, I'm a jerk. (laughs) I am so sorry. Would you ask that question again? Right? Mm. So sometimes you just, rather than as a woman, you can't be upset in those situations, but yeah, I don't, I'm here because I know the sport and I know that there are issues with that often with that drive or whatever I didn't have to play the game,
2: and I'd love to do a survey of everyone who covers sports. You know, radio, TV, right. newspaper, blogs, now podcasts. What percentage actually ever played past high school? Right,
1: almost it's nobody. Probably a
2: tiny, almost little, nobody. Which is probably why we all ended up on the other side. Well, right, because that's if I you know, honestly, if you know, if I could throw a football like that, I'd go get that paycheck. Sure, It'd be great. It'd be hey, a I'd stunning
0: rugby story in College, I'm ahead of some of those. Yeah, ones. exactly. Well,
1: the analogy in baseball is always that the the best managers are utility infielders and backup catchers because they had to learn, think Mm -hmm. every day they had to be ready for, they had, They were just scrapping to hold on to the last spot on the roster and they had to know everything and they had to give themselves every possible chance of surviving as long as they could. Whereas if you're a star player, you just go, okay, I'm going to go ahead and double and not think about how just, just I'm talented, you know, and talented people didn't have to think about it. So they don't necessarily know how to run a game or a team. Well, in sports, you know, let's think of this. Joe Maurer might be the greatest Minnesota athlete of all time. When you look at uh, Hall of Fame catcher, you know, first three batting titles ever won by an American League catcher, MVP, could have played in the NFL, you know. Mm-hmm. probably It was a great basketball player, but it would have been a great college basketball player if he decided to go that way. And can you imagine Joe on a broad, uh, doing our jobs, no. No, he couldn't do it. No. And I'm not knocking Joe. But he, he, he doesn't does not, need to do it. And he doesn't like it. And he doesn't like it, but he doesn't even think that way. He doesn't think, okay, yeah, I'm going to sit in the press box, I'm going to analyze this game, I'm going to watch every pitch, and then I'm going to go ask the starting pitcher why he threw that stupid uh, backdoor curveball on three and two. Not only would he not want to do it, I don't think he could bring himself to go down and ask that question. You know, you it's a certain mindset, it's a discipline, it's a job, and you don't need to have played the sport. You need to educate yourself about the sport and you need to know how to ask a question. You need to, know, and especially in the newspaper side, you need to know how to work sources.
2: Well, you also need to know how to write.
1: And you need to know how to write. Because and,
2: and that's that skill is still, to me, the one that is the hardest because we all saw what happened on Sunday. Everybody saw what happened on Sunday. How you then convey that in a story that is relevant easy to understand, you know, whether or not you're you're writing your script for TV or you're writing your article. If you can't communicate it to other people, it doesn't matter. And so that skill to me is that last piece and the difference between people who just want to sit around and watch sports and be able to talk about it and then actually making that into your job is the ability to communicate that feeling of what's happening, the analysis, to all the rest of us.
1: Yeah, and uh, I will also say that A long time ago, I was asked by a national magazine to do a diary with a Minnesota sports figure. And this person I would describe as brilliant at their job. So this person would write what they wanted their diary to be and hand it to me to kind of clean it up and take it on. It wasn't English. It wasn't, you couldn't even understand what they were trying to say. It's just a completely different skill. This person was Great at their job, brilliant at their job, and couldn't write at a second grade level. What we, I do, you know, I, this is completely self-serving, but I think we take for granted people who can actually write because there just aren't that many of us.
2: Right. Well, and or talk. Right. Or Ch- talk, Chad yeah. Greenway and I talk about this a lot. His first day when he got signed as a rookie, the doors just open, and he he talks about walking down the hall with Bob Hagan and sort of Bob Hagan kind of saying to him, "Okay, just remember like these two things." The doors open, all the media is sitting there and Chad's put down at a table, you know, he's a kid that grew up in South Dakota, went to Iowa, had not been in that situation, but he's an extrovert. He likes to talk. He's always been a good talker. And it's fun because when him and I are out at events, like we can stay out for six hours because we're both extroverts. And so when we're working together, our energy just gets up. But you put somebody else in that situation who's not comfortable talking, who, who doesn't have that self-confidence... They're just going to shut down. And Which is
0: w- important. Right. Right. That's, well, and I re- remember back to Chad's rookie year. He wasn't, he did not seem like he was that outgoing at first. He was not. Right. He, so, was,
1: he was a little paranoid.
0: Right. Just, like the fact uh, that and he's understandable. An we know it now, but yeah. no, you would not. Right. And so you have to learn that on your own. Yep. And then the personality comes out.
1: Uh, let's wrap up this show with. Andre, just updating us on what's going on with the Minister Aurora, your changing role there, and what you see for the near future or the long-term future.
2: Yes. Yeah, so no. We uh, we've had an exciting off season. We announced a second team. So Aurora Two will be starting in the spring of 2024, um, otherwise known kind of as reserve team to soccer nerds. But we want there's there's so many talented young women in our market. We wanted to have an opportunity for more of the local talent to be able to play in the Aurora system. So we're in a league called the UPSL, and it'll play in the metro area. So it'll be a lot of metro area soccer players. Some, we're going um, going to the high school girls soccer semifinals this afternoon. You know, it's it'll be space for high school students. But also because part of our mission is to get people more experience on and off the soccer field, more opportunities for assistant coaches, more opportunities for interns, and just more. So that's, we're really excited about that. Our head coach, Nicole Lukic, is now full-time. So she was... Year-round, part-time before, she's now full-time, full-time, so she's overseeing that Aurora too and the development there. We have hired a pre- new president and COO, so I had been acting as a team president, and now I'm stepping out of that role. So Jessica Poole, who comes to us from college athletics, a really wonderful administrator to, you know, we as you talk about, we, we built this while we were flying the plane. Now we really need to make sure that all the parts are there and the engine is there because if we're going to go pro in the future, when we go pro in the future, the foundation has to be really strong on the business side. So we've got Jessica coming in. We have a new VP of marketing that started a few weeks ago, a new VP of sponsorships, all of which will allow people to be working on Aurora full time. And it's exciting. So if you think about where we are right now with volunteers and part timers, now we have a bunch of grown-ups at the table working there full time. The, the future is just going to continue to be so bright for us because they're they're dedicated to it every day. And what we're going to be able to keep doing is amazing. So we're, we're hoping to add camps in the future and clinics and just really start having more Aurora.
0: There's a huge groundswell um, for this team that has been built so quickly and so imprinted already on the, the sports brains of Minnesotans. But what I really love about you walk the walk in terms of, you want to empower these players and and giving them a platform. Um, they can speak their minds, you know, you, your team stands for things, but also if they go pro, you're proud that they leave. You know, it's, it's almost like a college program where a certain amount of success means that they're going to leave and they may not come back, but they may come back if the seasons mesh together. But you, I believe, you have eight professional players. We now? do,
2: and we lost two assistant coaches in the offseason getting full time Division One jobs. Wow. So um, we have two of our assistants got assistant Division One women's soccer jobs, which is, and one of them, in fact, um, Boston College fired their soccer coach today. Really? Uh, yeah, and so I actually just sent that to one of our assistant coaches, being, hey, are you ready to move up to a head coaching level because there's a job open at my alma mater. But yeah, that's yeah, the thing yeah. is we I was having this conversation with someone from the Vikings, actually, because the the Wilfs own Orlando City and the Orlando Pride. We have a former player that applied for a job down there. And so I, I forwarded her resume and she said, hey, and they said, thank you very much. You know, it's it's great to see Aurora recommendations. And I said, look, our mission, we want to have Aurora people everywhere, right? Whatever it is that you want to do in sports, if that's what you want to do, if we can help you get there everyone needs that first start. Everyone needs the first thing on their resume. And so many people don't get that chance because they don't know the right person or there weren't enough positions. And so our goal is just give everybody that first start and help them get to the next level. And so, yeah, when I'm seeing pictures of our players in front of the Eiffel Tower and in, I saw one yesterday doing her tour of Athens because she's playing in Greece. It just makes me so happy.
0: Well, for years, men have had that pipeline. Um, and, and I'm not saying that women haven't been helping other women. When in those positions, the pipeline hasn't been there. So you're creating a pipeline and you're showing other women, you need to reach back and help and, and you're, you're putting your money where the mouth is. Right. You know, like, all right, this, we're going to have to find someone else and train someone else because we're really lifting someone else up. So, and and also just
2: proving that women can run teams. Yes. Right, that we, we can run teams. That we are running a team. We are running a team well, and that that's an important statement to make.
0: It's like Laura Oakman said last week, she said the business that we're in broadcast business has changed so much. And with her galvanized group that she has in her company that she's put together, she says, you know what, now I'm training people to be CEOs and to run teams. Like it's not Sometimes it's not just enough just to be on sidelines and reporting. If that's what you want, that is fantastic. But if you we're here to help each other up that if you want to run the team, if you want to do whatever, it's it's not just here's your place.
2: Right. And and these are your only paths. And yes. that's that's part of what we we're trying to say to young women is do you really want to be a lawyer but you love sports? Half the legal department at the Vikings is female. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're brilliant. Right. It's like, no, there's all these jobs. Do you like sales? Do you do you medical? We had our team doctor, a female one of our players shadowed her this summer because she wants to go to medical school and be an orthopedic surgeon. And so she just shadowed Dr. Hikes.
0: Can we give a shout out to Dr. Hikes, by the yes. way, <laughs> who has put my knee back together yes. and my but leg? Your yes. leg, Jerry, she had Holt. A busy summer. Jerry Holt, uh, star tribune photographer. I mean, we're just spreading the wealth, but whew, yeah, amazing.
2: Yeah, she's, and again, she's very rare in the orthopedic surgeon business for sports as a female like that. And she's
1: wonderful. And you just gave me an opening, too. Is just, that a
0: HIPAA violation? I just outed Jerry. Uh,
1: <laughs> I think we're going to let it go. I think we're <laughs> okay. gonna, so, by the way, uh, Dr. Higgins, you might want to be at Licks on December 2nd. Uh, my band is playing. We're celebrating Don Mitchell's birthday, yes. Jerry Holt's birthday. Yes all knee rehab rehabilitations anybody oh, with a bad knee should show up
2: awkward we're dancing, awkward dancing. No, i'm gonna be fully dancing <laughs> by you're, then you're gonna, you're gonna i've been working ex- so hard on it the great
1: thing is you're gonna have an excuse for dancing badly i don't have the excuse i just yeah, dance but you'll badly. be playing i'll so. be playing yes uh but no, seriously come out december 2nd i think the band will probably start about 9 p.m Follow us on social media we will update you as it gets closer uh but probably play like nine to midnight uh, dawn's bringing a bunch of people my wife's bringing a bunch of people. Jerry's bringing a bunch of people. It's going to be a blast. So, uh, you're,
2: you're not bringing people, Jim?
1: Uh, I don't really like, have people.
2: You have us. You have people.
1: I I don't have any people who will admit that they're my people. I
0: admit I'm okay. your people okay. all the time. Well, yeah, me too. You can be you, <laughs> I'm in there. then
1: you then you guys can be my people. Okay,
0: How about you. that? Are we, we going to sing like a, a song together the three of us? Uh, oh, nobody
1: <laughs> wants me singing. Uh, <laughs> Dawn, is we, we play a rock and roll version of Sweet Caroline. Oh. So Don will be helping out with the chorus.
0: Oh, he wants me to go bump bump. Yes. Well, you are from Boston, so you, good, so Boston, so yes. you need That's to do true. that. That's true. Yeah, I might have to like steal the mic and come up with the solo.
2: Okay, Ooh. you can do that. I, she just said that publicly,
0: She's and a, we heard it, and, we and we it's been Now
1: we have to hold her to it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, hey, this is great.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks so much oh, for coming you. in. A blast to see me.
1: you, uh, Don. Any final thoughts?
0: You, you know, if you can see it, you can be it, and we're seeing Minnesota Aurora. We're seeing you, um, women can create their own path and don't forget to help. And you don't exclude men along the way. And, um, you don't have to be a pro sport athlete to, um, do our jobs. And I just want to thank you so much for walking the walk, talking the talk, putting your money with mouth is all those cliches. You are it to a T and I want to thank you because I'm so proud of you. Any everywhere. I've got family where Minnesota Aurora stuff out there saying there's a what team aware and what the, what are they doing and how many people showed up? It's amazing. Oh, thank it's you. We
2: would not be here without both of your constant support, like never ending willingness to hear our ideas and talk about it and support us. So thank
0: well, we're you doing both. Minnesota moments now, every, I'm, every I'm sure show Minnesota
1: moments every, every week uh, yeah. we're going to talk, you know, we're going to have a segment on women's sports in general, but then we will also add in the Minnesota Aurora moment. Just sure. a great way to keep reminding people what's possible.
2: That's awesome. We got girls' soccer championships coming up now, so yes. we'll, we'll see what happens in the state. Woo-woo.